Thanks for tuning back in to The Wealth of Self. This is episode number 14, and I'm joined by a fantastic friend of mine from my days at the University of Missouri, Wade Kiefer. Wade is currently an IBEW 124 business representative serving counties in our home state of Missouri, as well as select areas of Kansas. Wade and his family represent a critical part of the American economic ecosystem, and what many would say is the bedrock of what makes this country tick. As a fourth-generation union member, his career path represents a strong lineage of men and women who built our country from the ground up, literally. Wade had a small-town, mid-American upbringing and really got his first taste of serious cultural exposure when entering his first college experience. While he was there, he studied political science, which was a decision that was partially motivated by his parents' desire for him to work outside of the trades, given his dad's firsthand experience with just how physically strenuous that lifestyle could be. However, as he neared his graduation time, he felt himself at a loss for compatible job options and elected to more seriously pursue a life in his family's footsteps of the trades. This decision has opened new doors and certain freedoms that many young people today aren't really as accustomed to. With sound advice from family, Wade made his first home purchase at only 22 years of age, electing to build his equity rather than navigate to a downtown living lifestyle in Kansas City that many decide to pursue. Wade also has dabbled in the political arena with positions on his local school board and a bid for state representative in Missouri. As a business representative of his local IBEW 124, his primary objective is to advocate for the working rights of his brothers and sisters, and his young, informed voice is helping one of the country's oldest and most revered sectors of our working ecosystem enter the digital age with a little more fluency. I'm excited to share this conversation with all of you and take some time to get to know Mr. Wade Kiefer. Welcome back from the intro. This is episode 14 on The Wealth of Self, and I've got a great friend in the studio. <laughs> got to be a part of your wedding party out in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, which was wonderful, but we've known each other, you know, since uh, the infancy of our college days. Uh, so 10 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. When you yeah. put it that way, you're like, damn. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. It's been a minute. <laughs> it is. But... Uh, you're in DC. I mean, you're, you're a Missouri boy, but you're in, uh, Mm -hmm. the Capitol for some work. And, um, this is the second time you've come up and I always appreciate whenever you swing by and we're able to link up. So we got together, was it last night, night before last? Yes. (laughs) Had a, had a drink and, uh, just had a good time. And, um, I just wanted to get you in here. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not in often. So why not, why not, uh, share your story while we're at it. So all about it. Yeah. But I wanted to turn it over to you for your, your own intro. Okay. Mr. Wade Kiefer, um, let the listeners and the viewers out there know just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wade Kiefer, 
from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, now I moved to the Kansas side, so hmm. I but didn't it's know fun. that. You're yeah. just on the other side then. Yeah, so we're just on the other side. We're on. Uh, uh, yeah, I went to Kansas. I'm considered a traitor to Missourians, but whatever. It is what it is. So it's cool. Uh, <laughs> so yep, I uh, grew up in uh, northern Kansas City, kind of like the suburbs. Mm-hmm. We're actually kind of a small town, ten thousand people, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And then uh, right now, I joined the trades after college, yep. so I'm a union electrician. And then uh, went through apprenticeship and everything, and now I'm a business representative. And I, for the local of Kansas City, which covers about twenty counties, five in Kansas, fifteen in Missouri. Uh, I handle the politics and business development, mm-hmm. um, but really, as all business agents, we all do it all. So, yeah. But that's the main emphasis. Well, you you and I have known one another for a significant amount of time at this point, mm-hmm. um, and I, I reflect on my experience at the University of Missouri really fondly because I, I made some really great friends. And I, I think as you navigate maybe away from college experiences or mm-hmm. even high school for some folks, it's like there's a big piece of that that you sort of leave behind sometimes because yeah. you know I'm east coast here you're in Missouri and there's not a lot of overlap as far as geography is concerned yeah, not at all. uh but you know you and I have been able to maintain pretty good level of contact over those years right I think right after college it drops off pretty heavily where you're just trying to like figure everything out <laughs> yeah. you're like you're what like- the Life is happening. Right. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> but uh, since that time and since some other big life events have come our way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think we've we've sort of looked back and said, like, who are those people that, you know, we really connected with? And you're definitely Absolutely. one of those people for me. But no, Same here, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to I wanted to kind of take it back because, you know, for for us, it was sort of a connection through our other mutual friend Chad. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that was where. That was where I got linked in with you mm-hmm. and Chad and me being roommates for so many years. It was just like, I know so much about him and yeah. I, and I at least feel like I know a lot about his story, mm-hmm. but that's what I want to kind of go into with you because we've always been friends, but as far as knowing that like intimate history sort of Absolutely. thing, I don't know that that's been there for us per se. And no, yeah. Maybe this yeah, yeah provides an opportunity to to dig in a little bit. Absolutely. But tell me about you know growing up and uh, some family structure stuff where you sort of became Wade. So uh, my dad, uh, I think he had me at thirty nine years old. Mm-hmm. I think my mom had me. I think she was twenty two. Yeah. So I grew up as a single child, but mm-hmm. I have a much older uh, half brother and half sister. It were exactly the same. Yeah. Much older, half brother, half sister. Yeah. So. so I am the uh, the product of the new young mom yeah. in the family. So yeah. that's basically how I grew up. Single child, even though I had a brother and sister. Yeah. So that's, and it's kind of weird coming from uh, the wife is growing up with siblings and like people who are single are just weird. Yeah, right. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I. Okay, my bad. <laughs> well, I really connect with you on that point because yeah. I mean, like my my brother Mark and my sister Julie, mm-hmm. uh, my, my dad's first marriage, and uh, yeah. you know they. It's not like they were around. Mark certainly wasn't there when I was little. He was doing his own thing. Yeah, he was finished with college practically by the time I was born. You know, and yeah. and and Julie was here and there, and we did some like family trips with her, but mm-hmm. it was a single child in a, a house with mom and dad, and and. They were there like here and there. Yeah. But it was never uh, all the time kind of thing. But 
I've gotten a lot closer to them since then as I've grown up. And mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know how that's developed for you, you know? Yeah. So, um, no, we, I mean, we grew up pretty, dad was, uh, he grew up in, he was born in 53, mm-hmm. uh, grandfather, uh, my grandpa served in world war one. So, you know, how kind of the, the family raising is, you know, yeah, you fuck up. Yeah. Shit happens, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not like today, you know, it was, it was my brother and sister. I feel like got the brunt, but I also feel like that's, uh, that's just growing up as a parent. You don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing at first. You know what, you, how you grew up, how they were taught. Exactly. And so, um, I, I definitely got it easier then, but growing up, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time. I was right upset about it. Yeah. And then now 30, I just found myself saying the same things he said. And I was like, <laughs> Apple didn't fall far. Yeah. I was like, uh, sorry, man. I get why I get what he's saying. I was yeah. like, I was just dumb and naive. Yeah. So it's, uh, no, we, we definitely grown a lot closer, gro- closer growing up. Yeah. Since I've grown up. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's been really cool. I mean, we, we hit on a lot more levels and obviously, but also because sure. I'm more mature and we can become more friends in that sense. You exactly. Know? You know, he was very much, they were very much more, we're the parent, not your friend. Yeah. And then now yeah. that grown ups, you can become friends. And yeah, that's, what's, that's kind bit. of the beauty, beauty of it. So, yeah. um, it's been wonderful to really hang out with my parents. I got much, much more closer. They did things yeah. that, you know, like, no, you can't do. And then all of a sudden we're, we're like, oh, so you guys been doing it and now we can do it together. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, finally. Uh, yeah, barriers finally. have lowered. Yeah. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. But um you know, it's it's almost come you come too close to friends cuz now you're like uh it's like I can't come over this next month. Yeah, right. Wait a second. You're not going to see your parents and I was like I'm sorry, I like no, I got <laughs> stuff to do, man. Yeah, I got stuff to do. I'm sorry. But um yeah. It's it's been it's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I I I resonate with that a lot, you know, getting getting older and sort of maturing but also getting closer with your loved ones you know i think growing up dad was always he worked a lot Mm -hmm. even though he retired at an age uh because he's so much older when he had me you know he he entered retirement uh basically when i was like in i don't know third grade or something third grade yeah yeah my dad you know my dad retired when i graduated high school yeah and yeah third grade 2000 2001 was when he retired, and that was the World Trade Center. Whole that all happened. Yeah. And I, I remember that distinctly because was, uh, was he a teacher though? Yeah, yeah. So they, they they retire pretty early though if they do. Well, thirty nine years, thirty nine years, that is a pretty long time. For My a dad's teacher. A, he's an old dude, yeah. but he's still kicking. But yeah. uh, you know, I think for for me, it's been one of those things where getting older and understanding yourself a little bit better. It's been like. You know, I can see so much of what my dad did over the course of his career and his life and really reflect on it and appreciate it now. And it's Mm -hmm. just like brought me to a a much deeper and higher level of admiration um, for the guy. And so absolutely. But I mean, we're both uh, Missouri guys Mm -hmm. and you're still a Missouri guy and I am at heart. I mean, D.C. is sort of a big office, it seems like for me. But yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to know what your experiences were growing up in Missouri, where you grew up, because I think you were probably a little closer to a big metropolitan space um, was. where I was in Salem. You know, it was really isolated. So it's not to say that we didn't go to Kansas mm-hmm. City or go to St. Louis to visit, uh, you know, family or friends there. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was the really small town experience versus mm-hmm. being maybe just like geographically a little bit closer to a big metro center. So what was that like for you? 
Honestly, I'm going to say it probably wasn't that much different. Yeah. Yeah, it was just as bad. The yeah. Same, the same stereotypes you make about small towns was... Right there. Everyone's got a lifted truck, you know? You yeah. know? <laughs> got to get that Cummins diesel. You oh, know? my I'm gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. Which is fine, you know? Cool. I like engines and I like cars and stuff. Sure. But, like, it, it's that same mentality, you know, same kind of stupid racism, uh, same kind of... Yeah. No idea of the cultures around you. Yeah. And yeah. Um, going to college uh, was a huge eye-opening experience for me. Very much so. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my wife, who's Vietnamese. Yes. Another, you know, like, yeah. there's maybe one black family, one Asian family right. where I grew up. So, like, yep. even though I was so close to Kansas City, yeah. you, you just stayed where you're at because the community yeah. have everything there. So, yeah. Um, Still not all that different, yeah. honestly. That's Salem. Even it hasn't it, changed. Yeah. That population just hovers right around yeah. the same number. I mean, it it's blowing up, that area. For sure. Just because uh, of the growth, but it's still white suburbia. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and that's kind of a big problem uh, when I served on the school board to the town next to it called Smithville. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I mean, that's one of the biggest problems is... Mm-hmm. It's still the same same issues. Um, yeah, one one coming down from the parents and the kids just can't make decisions for themselves because yeah. they're not even exposed right. to any different exactly. ideas. And so they're yeah. growing with that mentality. Yeah, and if they're a closed minded person to begin with, right by that point it's too yeah, late. it's too so late. Solidified in the brain almost. Yeah, so yeah. if we, I mean, it's hard. What are you going to do in these? You can't do it for every yeah. small town. Um, well, I had a guest on recently, mm-hmm. and to that point, she she made a really uh, a great statement, which was that you know one one interesting thing about DC is that it is so multicultural here. It's really culturally yeah. culturally diverse. You can't mm-hmm. walk like you go down to the wharf here, and you can't walk a hundred feet, and you'll hear three or four different languages. You know, it's yeah, no, that's it, true. Especially yeah. now with the whole cherry blossom thing going on, there are people from all over the world here right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, a you know, when you compare and contrast that to where you grew up or where I grew up, totally it's a 180. Yeah, people will be like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. So that's where, for me, this recent guest I had on, uh, Randy Bryant, who's amazing, mm-hmm. she she pointed out something really, really interesting because she grew up um, very close to like an HBCU. So she was exposed from a very early age to a lot of black culture, rich black history. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, moving just outside of that bubble into certain parts of Virginia, it was dramatically different. And the thing that she said that I found interesting was that it wasn't so much that those areas where she moved were not culturally diverse, but it was sort of, it wasn't intermingling in a lot of ways Mm. so there were pockets of different ethnicities but that was just it they were just pockets they weren't crossing over into each other's cultures in a lot of significant ways and so and that is true they yeah um observational i mean even when i go to a room that's what i'll do yeah like look similar to me exactly we can probably resonate quicker than right me trying to say anything to anyone else yeah so I mean, I think that's probably who we are as, yeah, as, as human humans. Yeah. yeah. So unless you grew up with that culture all the time, you just knew exactly how to right. start a conversation real fast. Yeah, yeah. Even though really, whether you're white or black or uh, Vietnamese, I same kind of outcomes going to yeah. come. I mean, 
plenty of people. I'm like, man, I don't want to talk to this person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm staying away. I was like, you know, no, but instinctually I just did it. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a fault with, I feel like us, but yeah, it, it is just kind of how it goes. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you kind of navigated into the center of the state after high school. Um, what, mm-hmm. what did that, what did those couple years look like as you were growing up and going through high school? Like some of the things you were involved in or, or sort of interests from an early age. Cause you know, you talk about what you do now you're in the trades, yeah, but you're college educated from a great school. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like a lot of people don't necessarily take that path exactly, but I think maybe some things are changing now where people are, are understanding yep. the value of the trades more. Uh, maybe that's just my outsider's perspective looking in. No, but. no, yeah. I mean, it's it's been the the kind of new course of direction as far as it's like a pendulum swing, you know. Like mm-hmm. America was all blue collar jobs. You might you you could do a, make a great living, right? Right. Um, you didn't need a degree. Um, yeah. College was, you know, if you could do it in the seventies, eighties, great. You're going to be great, but you could also make a great living just going out working in the field or working at a manufacturing plant. Well, a lot of that moved, a lot of that's changed mm-hmm. uh, with globalism, and then uh, so everyone's like college, 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 right? And that's Big that was push. that was a huge push, right? Yeah. And uh, what do you know? Uh, economy's not doing that great. Uh, you got all these kids with college degrees, tons of debt, bunch and it's of debt. Like, all right, yeah, you can sell insurance for thirty grand a year. Cool. It's like, oh, sweet. That's my only job interview. Sweet. I worked so hard for this. Yeah, like, okay, cool. So, I mean, that was that was growing up. Uh, uh, my family's been in the IBW since World War One. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. Yeah. So, fourth yeah. generation um, IBW's been around since eighteen ninety two. So um, just right after the uh, commencement, almost. Was yeah. When you so guys got I mean, in. we have people who've been in for five generations, probably yeah. six in some areas around the country. Yeah. But uh, um, but the problem is with the trades, your body breaks down. Um, there's no one in construction who hasn't gone through at least one or two surgeries. Yep. Um, it's tough. Tough. Yeah, it's really job. hard on the body. A lot of people don't even make it to natural retirement for an office job. They get mm-hmm. out on disability because they're so broken down. Yeah. So, you know, family's like, you know, you're not doing this. So go to college, so on and so forth. Well, like I said, I'm going to go sell insurance or go work at this yeah. trucking logistics company for their, and I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, dad said, well, join the trades, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's the one preaching against it all the time. But um, what did some of those conversations look like early on when they were sort of steering you away from it? Was it just the knowledge that he had being in it that it's like it's a tough way to go? It is hard on yeah. the body. I mean, it it's hard on the body. I mean, it's not something that you love to do. I mean, it's not work. It's not like, you know, he wanted something for me where and mom, you know, they didn't want me to or work was work, you know. Yeah. I forget what the saying is, you know, it's not work if you love if it you love it right yeah you know yeah, they, sure. they kind of wanted something like that but they also um pushed me to be pretty uh impactful my family's not they're not politically active but they're political right right yeah and so it was kind of always funny to me they're like you know if you want to do something about it then do it right but they just voted yeah. Which is fine. They weren't doing it. They weren't doing, you know, right. they weren't out going out running. We're not. Sure. But they're not. Dad's a construction worker. So if you yeah. say anything, you know, he's very confrontational. So yeah. that's just not going to work <laughs> for him. 
mom, she's uh she's very sweet, but like she's not a very outgoing person, yeah. you know. And I just kind of seem to be a little bit of calmer on the on the confrontational side, but a little bit more outgoing, you know. Right. Like I could like you, you know, this would be good for you. Yeah. You know, change change yeah. what's around you. So right. um I always bought into that. It was like, you know what, actually if I could do anything with my life, if I thought like I could do something, yeah, whether people hated me for it or not, at least I felt like I was doing something good. Mm-hmm. And so I got onto the path of politics and did all, you know, did poli sci. Um, yeah, that was, then you're like, yeah. Oh, well there's no jobs for this. Right. Unless you <laughs> get a master's and that's another 40 grand. Right. So I was like, yeah. well, I don't want to do that. But, um, well, were there any other factors in there that sort of steered you into the trades? Cause I know that was the thing that, you know, we connected on. Cause I think I had one intro to poli sci class is really like low level sort mm-hmm. of requirement, if you yeah. will, or one of those sort of classes. And, uh, I know you and you and Chad shared a number of different classes with one another. And I remember yeah. study sessions and whatnot, getting prepped for tests, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was, I mean, he definitely ended up in that direction. And yeah, he, he went straight to D.C. Yeah, after a certain point in time, though, I think, what, what was there a turning point for you over the course of your studies where you were like, this is not yeah. what I thought it was going to be kind of thing? Uh, Yeah, I would say I probably started applying like my senior year to stuff mm-hmm. and just getting zilch. And so um, application for IBW yeah. takes about six months, yeah. right? And so um, I told Dad, I was like, I'm just getting zero. Yeah. Or I'm getting stuff, but it's just not worth the time. Do you remember what some of those early applications were for you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, just any large company I was on on deep, you know, anything. I was just saying government, political, actually, sure. I don't care. You know, I'll just want to be in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess that's not true. But like a lot of it was just uh, commissions. Sure. Commission sales. And that's just, that's not me. Yeah. That's my wife's thing. She loves commission. Yeah. She hates the idea of a salary job. Yeah. Like, but she's, that's her. She's right. a great salesman. She's way better than me at this stuff. But it's like, it's just not my thing. Yeah. I like to just do the, I know what I'm doing. I'm grinding and I'll just try to work my way up a ladder. Right. That's, that's more my mentality. But, uh, it was, uh, that was kind of the turning point. So about halfway through, um, I was interning at, uh, Jefferson city at the Capitol mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Rudy Chavez, uh, who was, the uh, political director of IBW 24 mm-hmm. at that point. And then um, Joe Runyans, who was a member. So IBW has tries tried their best to have representatives in right. the state house. So he was there and they, uh, you know, I filled out the application in his office and uh, turned it in. Then I had to go do an aptitude test, which is basically the ACT for math yep. and reading. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do an interview. So six months later, um, I got accepted, so on and so forth. So I graduated. Two yeah. weeks later, I'm on a job site, and I got yeah. like zero, zero hang time to have fun after graduation. I just went right. straight to work right away. But um, yeah, but I was like, all right, at least I have a job because, mm-hmm. well, I got a car payment coming. Uh, <laughs> it's like stuff. Coming what down life's the happening? Point. You know, yeah. there's no time to waste. Yeah. So that was the main thing, just to make sure I had a job. But what was the great thing about it was you have a retirement you're working towards yeah. you have full benefits yes sir. health benefits you know i was like okay yeah i will i will do this i can work for that yeah and then uh the schooling's free it was another five years of school yeah that i have a, to do a, a, 
what would you call it? A journeyman's route or how would you? So yeah, it, it's a department of labor. The unions have a department of labor accredited apprenticeship, but the apprenticeship is also um, through the IBW is the most stringent because um, that's our selling point. Is yeah. we are the most qualified um, electricians yes. in the world. Yeah, so that's why we do power plants. Um, right, anything that's super critical. You know, in, in college, I, I did some different campus jobs, but mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate in the sense that I was not somebody who had to work like a full, you know, full, full-time thing. I, my, in college, it was like studies. That was it. Yeah. And I know other people, like yourself included, you mm-hmm. worked a lot during your college experience. Yeah. Uh, to the yeah. tune of, you know, full 40-hour weeks on top of your coursework and then yeah. dialing that back a little bit. But, I, had to dial that I back. mean, <laughs> I think from that conversation we had before we started recording, it was kind of like, those things in certain ways maybe prepared you to sort of jump in right after graduation. True. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of folks are, they've got that weird lull right after they walk, you know, and Mm -hmm. and get the diploma where it's like, uh, where am I going? If they didn't do their due diligence with applications ahead of time. Yeah. Um, But you kind of just went right into it. And, And from my perspective throughout college, I, I always recognized that you were always doing something. You know, whether that was in you involved with the cheer squad at Mizzou, which was really cool. Um, but when you weren't studying, you know, you were out, you were, you were working, you were yeah. doing something. So yeah, I always looked at that and I was like, man, Wade's, he's like, he's staying busy. <laughs> whether you really like that or not. Yeah. But. I mean, no. And I, and as growing up that, I kind of realized that's just something, I think it's just part of me. And yeah. I think I got that from also my parents. I mean. There was no chill days on the weekends. It was, yeah. all right, something's looking weird on the house. We're going to go fix it. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, looks good. No. Sorry. Well, yeah. Oh, the car, you know, you could be good tune up. So, right. Um, you know, I always wanted to have a chill, chill weekends growing up, but I, I guess it wasn't a part of me. Wasn't in the blood. It wasn't in the blood, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I would say I was really more jealous of people like, uh, you or like the people who went on vacations because I was always working like everyone yeah. on spring break they went whatever you know and they're like I have ten dollars to my name but I'm just gonna bum a ride to Panama Beach I, was like, I never did the PCB thing yeah I was like how do you do that yeah but yeah. I was like no I'm just gonna stay and work and yeah. clean toilets so cool <laughs> enjoy yourself yeah enjoy yourself on the sandy beach there. yeah you know people are like oh i sold my tv and so went on and then i'm gonna go travel i was like man that is so cool enjoy enjoy and i just never did it I, yeah not, it wasn't until i met my wife i actually which was uh five years ago but i mm-hmm. never saw the ocean until two years ago and yeah. i'm 30 wow like yeah i just worked 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 never yeah. vacationed yeah. I mean, yeah. But it, it, it set you up, though, because, I mean, like, it, yeah, going into, go transitioning a little bit into to some, some other things, at least, you know, these are, again, observations. You went to South Korea. That was cool. It was. It I was mean, a blast. Like, yeah. And lived there. Like, yeah. I always wanted to just get it was, up and move. But it was work. It was work and live, you know. So yeah. it was like, but it, I would say it, it was pretty minimal level of work, <laughs> which was fantastic. <laughs> it was why I did yeah. it, you know. It was like, I knew there would be... Uh, uh, you know, an abundance of free time. Yeah. If I made that decision, certain things would be taken care of financially. Housing is mm-hmm. good. You know, you eat at the schools. Fine. That's great. Yeah. I can pocket that money. I can buy 
this is I bought that in Korea. You know, I bought that in Korea and I've had it, I've had it for six, seven years. Right. So these early investments are still sort of generating, um, in content in this case Mm -hmm. for me. But, um, you know, I think for you, it was one of those things where as I, as I reflect on your, your early pathway, like you became a homeowner at a really early age. And Mm -hmm. I think about myself even now, you know, I rent this space and Mm -hmm. that's where, Oh, I'd love to get to a point where I can, you know, buy a home. And I'm sort of in this position now where with Cheryl, you know, I definitely yeah. want to make that decision jointly mm-hmm. uh, because we are geographically separated. Yeah. It's kind of like, do you do that here? Do you do it back in Missouri? Do you do it in, up in, in Canada? Yeah, because you guys are um, separated geographically. Right. So it, it becomes much more complicated. Yeah. Hey, and Ryan Reynolds is apparently going to build a big production studio in Markham. And oh, Ontario. Is he? So Cheryl made sure she sent me that article <laughs> today. I was, she was like, "Did you see this?" I'm like, oh, like, oh, okay, well, all right, a little right. more incentive. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I think um, that's that's another thing I wanted to hit on with you because mm-hmm. I, I feel like, especially given the history of what your family was involved in with the union, being generationally involved in something yeah. like that. You know, there are certain there are certain ways of doing things and mentalities that sort of absolutely accompany somebody who is involved in that sort of atmosphere. And I think that trickled down to you definitely because, you know, from an early age, yeah. you made that home ownership decision that it mm-hmm. kind of set you up pretty nicely in certain ways. Yeah. And it, it's, again, I got to go back to the parents. Uh, so, so as electricians, as uh, union tradesmen, mm-hmm. um, we make, we were well off. I mean, the whole point is to, we make enough to uh, live decently. You know, we're not asking to be rich. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we just want to take care of our family and mm-hmm. live a decent life and just go in peace at the end, right? Yeah. But, you know, some of us are terrible with our money, and mm-hmm. you know, and you see that over time and time. Um, and so they were like, the best thing you can do is uh, invest early. Yes. Um and I really couldn't even afford that house. Yeah. When I got it, and like I met, I was maxed out on my from the lenders. Like you can't go anymore. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, this is it. Like Here this is go. the only really good house, anyways. Yeah. But um, the point is, you just build equity. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it's really taking advice from the elders because yeah. they didn't have a home that early. Right. They had a home at twenty two. Yeah. I don't think they had a home until they were in their thirties. Yeah. I mean, granted, the economy was a little bit different back then. But I mean, that's 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 the main point. You listen to those who've gone through it, and they're saying, "I did the same thing, yeah, and I regret it." Yeah. I'm like okay, maybe I, make a change. I yeah. will make a change. You're like, yeah, cool. It'd be cool to live downtown Kansas City for right. a little bit. Yeah, spend all my money at the bars and be miserable at work the next day. But yeah. I was like, but if I didn't listen to them, uh, the market's growing so fast. I would have wouldn't have been able to afford it. And I would have been right. stuck in an apartment. Yep. Um, I would have not have built equity and mm-hmm. I would not have been able to sell the house and make a bunch of money off of it to yeah. put down towards another yeah. house and pay for a wedding right. and a new car. Right. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's seen a lot of people who put themselves in a good position and ruin mm-hmm. it and to not repeat those mistakes. Yeah. And so I think that was really good and I'm, I'm glad I did it. And, we sold the house in 2020, uh, thinking the market was going to, and and we now we misjudged because it's still going. And so, 
well, lost out basically. Like yeah. I'm paying more for the house that I, whatever, but it worked out. Um, yeah. I'm still back in a house now. You did gain overall though. Right, I did on gain sale. overall. Yep. I it's mean, not as big as it could have been. I just guess. Just not as big as it could have been, but uh, we're happy. It's just her and I. And yeah. so we don't need anything huge. We just wanted a decent sized home. Yeah. To entertain people. And if we have a kid, we have a kid. So nice. it worked out. So, um, to be 30 and be in that position mm-hmm. is actually pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth of Self podcast. The audio-only version of these stories can be found on nearly every major podcast streaming platform from Spotify to Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Your support as we grow this movement is immensely appreciated. You can help us out by leaving a rating, writing a short review, or even sharing it with a friend or a loved one who you feel would benefit from hearing these stories. Finally, if you're interested in seeing the video interview that accompanies these stories, head over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page for the full viewing experience. While you're there, don't forget to leave a like, subscribe, or follow the channel, and share your thoughts in the comment section. For additional information on how to support the wealth of self, head over to www.wealthofself.com. Com. Now, let's get back to the interview. Well, I want to segue a little bit because one of the things that I think a lot of listeners would be very curious to know more about mm-hmm. is your involvement in the union space. And okay. I think um, conversations with I've had that I've had with, with uh, family members, people I'm close with, you know, there mm-hmm. there is definitely a division in this country about yeah. those who are very supportive of unionization of workforces mm-hmm. and those who feel like unionization stifles progress in some ways mm-hmm. because resources get sucked up and there's no like way to push a project forward without accountability because mm-hmm. other things get slowed down by the unions and yeah. I mean, you're on the front line of that. Mm -hmm. So I think as with most issues in our country, it's a situation where, you know, we really all want the same thing. Yeah. But our political affiliations and these other outlets that are sort Mm -hmm. of speaking into our ears have ways of saying things in a a manner Mm -hmm. that makes it feel like what you want is really different than what that person wants. Yeah. When in fact, it's not not terribly different in the first place, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, before we ever recorded, this was two days ago, you sort of articulated some points about why unions exist and why they are good for workforces that I mm-hmm. think a lot of people would benefit from hearing. But okay. I'd like you yeah. to sort of maybe take it from both sides. I'll so some a... some of the stuff you hear in the opposition and, you know, how, how you might counter that as somebody who is a proponent for, you know, the unionization of labor and workforces. Okay, so I got to get like a couple of broad ideas out first because people think union and think just one big brush sure um people have to realize a union uh comes in many different forms and in different industries it means different things Mm -hmm. so like i'm a construction union building trades union so we build uh houses we build commercial buildings so Mm -hmm. on and so forth there's teachers unions there's manufacturing unions there's uh, trucking union. I mean, it, yeah. it's so diverse. And so in, in every industry is, yeah, there's creative union. There's, right. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a artist guild union. Right. I mean, the point of a union is, um, I am the employee and I deserve a voice 
where I work. I get to at least mm-hmm. somehow I, I want to elect someone to negotiate right. my contract for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's essentially the nuts and bolts of yeah. it. Um, as a worker, uh, you should have a voice. But, um, so you get hired, cool, whatever, you know, but you want someone to say, hey, you know, cost of living's going up. Uh, insurance is going up. Yeah. Um, how can we work together? Uh, pro- Productivity is going up in the company. So I want to see a little bit more. Yeah. If you can. Right. Um, that's kind of the basic bits and bolts. Uh, like some people will say, ah, my union fucked me. And it's like, well, <laughs> were you, did you partake in it? I yeah. mean, were you watching it for the last 30 years? You know, you just right. doing your thing and just, you know, paying your dues and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but you're not paying attention to your own because each, so say I'm IBW, right? Yeah. Uh, there's probably, there's hundreds of IBW locals in yeah. each local. It's very decentralized. I'll say that. You're right. So it's all based off your little subdivision. Yeah. Right there. Um, so if it's not going well and you guys aren't participating, then mm-hmm. it will go south. Yeah. Um, if you're not watching it closely. And what about uh, some some history for people who are unfamiliar about okay. you know unions in general? I think there are some great books that are oh, out there yeah. that describe so, the jungle. For one, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, why did a labor union start in the first place? There, I mean, there's some good rationale to it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, one thing we never learned in our history classes is how we treated workers. It was really only a hundred years ago. Yeah. Literally on here goes, we killed women and children and people working because they struck against uh, mining. You know, they were working 16 hours a day. Their family and kids were, you know, just intense outside these mining communities, for mm-hmm. example. And uh, the companies would hire uh, basically militiamen of mm-hmm. some sort. You know, you call them Pinkertons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they were enforcers. Yeah. And then uh, police were on their side. At that point, and right. they would, if it shit got out of hand, they would, they shot them. Right. Kill them. That's where Labor Day came from. Or from massacres like that. Yeah. Um, well, That's a for, for, uh, forgotten history fact that, you yeah. know, it's we, a cold, maybe a cold reminder mm-hmm. of what can happen when you go against a powerful entity's will. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the Gilded Age. Uh, companies got too powerful. Um, stock market crash, all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Monopolies. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, we could you could go on for hours, and really a history professor would be better than me. Right, yeah. But, like, so the IBW uh, really started as when we're building electrical lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it is still one of the top, I think, five most dangerous jobs in the world Mm -hmm. is being an outside electrician. Oh yeah. Um, working on power lines, but the whole point of it was to just be able to bury the dead for their families because they made not enough money to even bury themselves with dignity. And so that was the whole point was for people to just everyone pitch in. And then if you're a card carrying member, you know, so many, and we still do that today. Every time someone dies, we pay an extra $5 on our dues. Yeah. And that goes towards their death benefit. Yeah. But that was the start of it. I mean, it was really just to bury someone with dignity. Wow. And then it wow. eventually progressed into, you know, and it's, it's you know, there's a non-union and union side. Um, mm-hmm. We would love to have everyone be union. Yeah. Every, we feel like everyone uh, has at least a voice. Right. I mean, I will never be shy about that. I'll always be proud. Like, yes, I want someone to 
have a good job. I want their family to be healthy. Yeah. Um, at least have the opportunity, whether they mess it up themselves or not. Like, right. fine, but give someone the opportunity, give them the chance. Yeah. And, but we need business. So people look at us big, bad business. It's like, yeah, if you are not building anything, we are not working. Right. Like, that's not how this works. We're yeah. just say, let's play fair. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to lay off a 30 year company, have increased profits from last year and give your CEOs, I'm like, yeah, you know, mm, yeah. probably not cool. <laughs> you know, like I get it. I mean, it's a stock market. It's the economy. Right. Um, I dabble in the stock market and I want my stocks to do well too. Sure. I mean, that's where all our annuities and pension, I mean, not our pensions, but like our annuities and 401k is like, we need that to do well yeah. as well. So it's, Let's just be fair. We're not trying to take away from anyone. Sure. Um, I think you gave me an example the other day about someone yeah. in a manufacturing. Sure. Uh, if if you could play yeah, that. Yeah. No. For that me. that's a good that's a good point. So um, you know this was a conversation I had with my brother. And, yeah. And I hope that Mark will watch this and and mm -hmm. just you know give his honest feedback. Like he yeah. he doesn't have to change his position. You don't have to change yeah. your position. But it's a conversation first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. Yeah. On this because they don't know. I'm one of those people. Like mm -hmm. I don't know it well enough to be yeah. able to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. But having this conversation is going to give me some info. A bit more info. Yeah. And and you know be more informed in general. But um, you know Mark works for a company in Georgia. They do a lot of like conveyor belt work and that sort of things okay. and, and he's high up in that company mm -hmm. and one of the you know one of the anecdotes that he shared with me was essentially uh, a worker who was at a bread factory so you think you know bread probably needs a conveyor belt right so that yeah. makes sense to have that in a factory like that uh forgot a critical ingredient in the batch for the day mm -hmm. you know and next thing you know 300 grand of product is going into Gone. the dumpster yeah you know so that day is lost and this individual according to to what he said is losing a day of work and it's a paid day off essentially. Okay. So how true is that? I don't know. Maybe that's mm -hmm. something that was directly experienced or maybe that was a story that was heard from elsewhere. But I think, you know, a lot of times when we, when we, you know, make an argument for a specific point, we mm -hmm. choose to, we, we choose a situation that sort of hyperbolizes, yeah. you know, like a, a bad thing or a good yeah. thing. And, and that's the same situation with online reviews, right? Mm -hmm. You see 155 star reviews, see 123 one star <laughs> reviews, and there's nothing in the middle. Yeah. So it's very bimodal. But, you know, for an instance like that, what, what is, you know, what do you say to somebody who might, you know, bring, uh, bring that up as a point of argument to say, look, unions are bad. And here's, here's the example I'm giving you for yeah. why I think that is. Uh, so that's a manufacturing union. So it, they probably work differently than what I know sure. from if I did anything less than $3,000 worth of damage, I would be let go. And wow. my union would be like, well, yeah, you messed up, <laughs> you know, and then as an employee, we're like, yeah, okay, cool. I get it. Right. So uh, it, one, I'm not there, so I don't truly know the full situation. Mm -hmm. um, we're hearing it, you yeah. know, secondhand, third hand, who knows? Sure. So uh, if <laughs> what, what cracks me up is if that's the true case, then yeah. that means one, they had to have negotiated and agreed on a contract because that's everything about the union sure. or a contract yeah that way there's no gray area so i mean that's kind of that's our whole point is uh 
oh, you know, so for example, uh, with us, say a company goes under, yeah. right, and they didn't pay the benefits. Well, it's in our contract. You're supposed to have so much money to pay up these benefits if that's about to happen. Right. Well, they, they say, you know, we're not paying you for the last two weeks. We're like, mm, sorry. Well, it's in the contract, so right there. we're going to get it. Uh, we're going to liquidate. You know, it's it's legal. It's binding. Um, we try to eliminate as much gray area as possible mm-hmm. so that way it's clean and clear. Right. Um, it's it's just better for both the employer and the employee. Right. So if that was the case for that worker, then the company agreed if someone <laughs> messed up that bad to let them just have a day off. I was like, well, I don't I don't see it like that though because sure. I that would just seem ridiculous yeah. that that's inside of a contract. Yeah. And I know like the movies will portray of uh like uh Remember, ex-girlfriends would watch like CSI or whatever. Sure, you know, he murdered a dude, and the union guy comes in. It's like, if the dude murdered someone, yeah, <laughs> put him in jail. Like, we're not going right. to come save this dude. We're yeah. like, we deal with. It's a poor reflection on you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, as a it's union, like, so it's like, no, was he on the job site doing electrical work? No, like, all right, he murdered someone, put him in jail. He's a bad person. Yeah, like that's it's not our role. People think we're just like yeah bully pulpits, and it's. No, it's all contractual. If it's outside the contract, sure. then we lose yeah. the grievance. Right. And so, um, no, we're not here to, uh, I don't know. If it's in the contract, we support our members because sure. that's what we do. But if they mess up and it's outside of the contract, yeah. and it's like, well, man, yeah, you did a boo-boo. Yeah, sorry. Back on the books, we'll find you, we'll try and help find you another job. Right. But that's about it. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, what's the current state of the union, state of the union, mm-hmm. different, different situation, <laughs> but as somebody who works as a freelancer, yeah. um, you know, there, there are people inside of the creative industry that I mm-hmm. work in uh, with camera operators, uh, grips, gaffers, people who yeah. work on film sets, um, and, and same situation, right? Because mm-hmm. the movie industry in it's, uh, infant days, yeah, tough, you know, long long days and depending on the production these people could be out there 16 hours yeah right and then uh you're missing a lunch break you're going straight through you're trying Mm -hmm. to make the last cut it's just like running people into the ground Mm -hmm. and at a certain point same situation right people stepped in and said look we need to control this work environment a little bit better yeah so that we can extend the careers of these individuals and maintain membership so that people want to come back and work on new productions otherwise we're going to scare everyone away and so, yeah, there are people who do camera operation and are part of uh, Local 600, mm-hmm. uh, same, you know, IBEW, Local 600. You'll see that badge on certain operators' websites and okay. whatnot. Um, but when it comes to where the world is with so many people uh, freelancing mm-hmm. and improving their communication skills using social media, you know, mm-hmm. you can get a new client through a, an Instagram message now. Yeah. It's like the opportunity for people who are savvy enough to work independently of companies and independently of unions is there. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to how the union is trying to make sure that they stay relevant and attract new members, Mm -hmm. what does that look like for you guys? And is it a constant battle or is there still an attraction from young new people who are entering the workforce? How does that play out? Oh yeah. So I guess, so you're kind of talking about almost like gig independent contractor. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess my thing is, are you giving a contract to sign to whoever's employing you or paying you at that point? Or I, are you I just try to, and not everybody is up for exactly. it. Exactly. So say, 
um, you weren't represented by a union. Yeah. That person would have to sign that contract yeah. in order to employ you. Mm -hmm. That way it's a legal binding contract. Yep. So you do all this work, you know, they stiff you somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're SOL. Right. Um, no one's standing up for you. No one's standing up for you. And that's kind of, um, I'll, I'll try to answer it all at once. It's kind of like how a teacher's union is. Right. Um, it's, it's, Teachers Union is basically a right to work spot. So right to work means um, you get all the benefits of a union, but you just don't pay the dues. Mm -hmm. So you're basically a freeloader. Um, and so, but um, it works a little differently with public sector unions like them because so say the union negotiates a contract, they get raises, so on and so forth. But say, uh, you know, some kid says, oh, you know, he's a pervert but you don't pay, you're not part of the union. You won't, the union will not support a pervert. They will do their own internal investigation. Right. right? Yeah. But, uh, if you're not even a part of it or yeah. you don't pay, you're like, we're like on your own buddy. Yeah. You're out of luck. Um, but as far as unions, yeah. I mean, uh, this is the first time in a long time unions have been accepted like by 70% of the, based on polling, you know, yeah. under black people, 35 and under they're considered favorable. Yeah. which is excellent. Um, we have so many people in our industry. Um, we can only take about 120 applicative apprentices in our local a year, and we probably get at least 800 applicants. Wow. So and it is get, selective then. Mm -hmm. What are some uh, of the criteria there? I mean, you talked about early on an aptitude test and certain other yeah, qualifiers. So um, what we try to do, um, it's really just best qualified. So we will do the aptitude test, obviously, mm -hmm. and we will do the interviews. But, I mean, we're getting people with bachelor's degrees, master's degrees. Yeah, wow. Um, people who've been non-union for 10 uh, years, so they got the experience to do it. Um, mm -hmm. They have to go through uh, called the examining board just to make sure, you know, you weren't doing just one thing because sure. what we try to say is we can do everything. Right. So if you just did 10 years of one single thing but you're not adept in anything, then yeah. – because the point is, when any there. contractor wants to hire out of us, they at least get the same product employee yeah. to a certain degree. Right. Right? Um, that, that makes us very mobile. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we go through that process. But, I mean, we, we love, everyone's like, high school kids want to do it. And that's great. But, like, now we have everyone else who's trying to jump on because uh, in Kansas City, our total package is over $70 an hour. Yeah, 45 take home. Um, you have five retirement plans. Mm -hmm. uh, family's taking care of you, your kids, your wife, everyone. Um, I mean, people are realizing in their 30s, this is what I should have been doing. You know, this is what I need. Yeah. Uh, people don't do this anymore. They're not taking care of our families. Right. And so um, it's been a huge increase. And luckily, uh, with all the... Bills that have been passed, Infrastructure Act, uh, CHIPS Act. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tons of money are coming down. Businesses yeah. are just billing like no other. Yeah. And so we need them, which is great. And so right. uh, it'll be a very interesting 10 to 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we have so much work. It's <laughs> it's funny. Like, I got in this position because, uh, well, when I was asked to, but I was like, sure. all right, cool. I don't have to worry about getting laid off anymore yeah. but now it's like you can make three hundred thousand dollars a year if you want to work seven days a week for 12 hours a day which is impossible 
Yeah. Um, burn yourself down yeah to the you'll just be dirt burnt to the ground at that point but i mean even if you took i mean there's so much overtime uh i mean you could live easily and then you can go vacation with the family but you're still gonna be burnt out or you're still working 60 hours a week yeah right but um i mean that's just what the jobs require these companies want these uh three million square foot manufacturing buildings done in two years Right. All the Amazon warehouses, uh, all uh, the so huge like, manufacturing plants. Yeah, so like Panasonic battery plant that builds batteries for uh, uh, Teslas. Oh, oh, wow. I mean, straight off the ground, they're wanting new, and they want to build their first battery in under a year and a half, and that's unheard of. So mm. it's two two shifts of probably uh, 600, eh, I don't know, I, don't, I would say 600 electricians per shift, uh, 12 hours each, back wow. to back. I mean, just round the clock construction just to get this going. going. And so that's an insane amount of overtime. Yeah. But they're getting a bunch of money from the government to do mm-hmm. it. Our taxpayer was like, okay, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. I mean, it's our money. Sure. <laughs> so that's, it's been a huge insurgence back again. Yeah. Well, I wanted to sort of go back just a little bit and okay. hopefully by going back, we can also look forward, but this is, mm-hmm. you, you had a very interesting go at a political run relatively recently. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was inspiring yeah. to see you do that. I, I was, I was sort of a viewer from afar while mm-hmm. you were doing that. Um, but it was just cool to see you really, uh, go for something, um, you know, politically yeah. it's it sort of, I think it kind of harked back to your education, so in mm-hmm. certain ways, that was like a combination of your academic pursuits, and it was also motivated, I think, by some of the professional work that you, you've done and also your involvement with the union. But I'd love to hear more yeah. from you on, you know, the motivations behind that okay. and and maybe, you know, take it a step further and, and let us know, does that transition now to you doing something similar in the next four or five years? But Awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, you talked about some challenges that accompanied that with not being able to work while you ran kind mm-hmm. of situation. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I guess, all right. So, uh, as an apprentice, um, I ran for school board mm-hmm. in the town I resided in. Mm-hmm. I lost. <laughs> Was it close or at least? Or? Uh, no. There was, uh, I think it was for two positions. No, three positions, and there were six of us running, and mm-hmm. I was running against, still against three incumbents. Yeah, and they were, and they were, they were good school board members. Mm-hmm. So this was in twenty sixteen. Please, twenty sixteen. Was it I, that long ago? Uh, for school board, yeah. Wow. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Because I ran again the next year in twenty seventeen, and that's when I was elected. Yeah. Um, I was either out here in D.C. or I was. In Korea. One of the two. Either way, <laughs> yeah, I was only think, seeing it online. Yeah, I think you might have been in Korea yeah. still. So, uh, ran that time, uh, less competition. Um, actually, I think zero incumbents on that one. Nice. Um, that helps. Yeah. So, three of us, people already knew me because uh, I ran again. Mm-hmm. And so, it worked out well. And main reason was just to make sure, uh, one, it was a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger. Yeah. For one, two, uh, I, they were building schools, so I wanted to make sure they were built well mm-hmm. uh, and with the right kind of labor. Sure. Um, there's a lot of times in our construction industry where um, our taxpayer money comes in the form of TIFs to incentivize projects, mm-hmm. and um, or really, I mean, it's a federal project. It's sure. it's a school, and then 
contractors will hire out um, illegal immigrants and make yeah. them 1099s and really abuse them. Yeah. And so, um, one, watch out for that. But no, in the school district, they were fine. There was none sure. of that going on. But still, just to be an oversight, um, offer a different opportunity. And also, people thought it was weird as I didn't have kids. But I was like, you know, one day I could. Was that a big strike? Uh, yeah, people. Wade's not a family man. Yeah, people did not like that I didn't have kids and I was on the school board. I was like, I'm not, I'm not a weirdo. I just, <laughs> just care about my community. Right. Like, that's all. Yeah. So um, I did that, and then um, it turns into 2020. So I'm about to basically stop being a. Uh, uh, School board member because they're mm-hmm. three year terms. Three years. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I start. I ran for a state representative and in a district that I knew I was going to lose in, but yeah. that was fine. I just wanted to make sure someone was on the ballot. Sure. But um, I wanted to offer a different perspective. Uh, I was a a construction worker. I was literally basically a constituent. You know. Yeah. Who we are. Part. I was a. We're a commuter community. And we're a lot of blue collar workers, yeah. right? You're the real fabric of the town. Yeah. So. Well, so I thought, but you know, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was during Trump. It was all drain the swamp. And then like the yeah. guy they elected was literally worked in DC or worked for a congressman for all his life. Really? So I was like, well, I guess it doesn't go too far. Sure. That's when you, you really realize it just DNRs and then whatever else that really doesn't matter at that yeah. point. Yeah. And so, um, no matter how I try to say, Hey guys, you know, whether, Democrat or Republican, I'm still one of you. I get your issues. I've right. been laid off. I got laid off working on the campaign because I was missing work. Yeah. And so they were like, well, you know, you're not here to perform. See you later. You know, yeah. the union didn't come in and save me. Like, you know, yeah. it would make sense. I'm not there to make a money. Right. So, yeah, so, uh, I got laid off. Out. Cool. Yeah. I was just fortunate enough that it was during COVID and it was high unemployment. Sure. So it allowed me to at least pay for the house yeah. or else I would have to let leave exactly the state to work somewhere else in the country yeah. which when i lost i had to yep you ended up going out to illinois I think so yeah i went to illinois and we worked on um uh, the rivian car plant yeah yeah in uh, bloomington illinois they uh yeah bought an old mitsubishi plant that had shut down yeah. in the 90s and revamped it right and uh worked a ton of hours yeah I remember you uh, couldn't talk a whole lot about it at that time, but I got a lot of Snapchats from random motel rooms. And yeah, stuff like so that. yeah, like you're living in a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, that's the thing about it. Like these areas need these big projects to be done on time, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the great thing about us, the IBW. We can travel all over the country once right. you turn out. That's how we man big projects across the country. So yeah. like there's not enough people in Bloomington, Illinois to sure. man this project, which was also day shift, night shift. Mm. Um, some crews are working seven twelves. I was working six tens. Yeah. Um, so I'm paying a hotel, which is $400 a week. And then I'm paying my mortgage back home. I'm spending yeah. 3000 a month just in living expenses at least. Right. Uh, not including food mm-hmm. and, but still there to man the work, but enough to make it to where I was yeah. able to pull myself out of the hole. Yeah. I had come in from being off work. Right. Uh, so that was, it was actually a really exciting time. You, it, it, uh, it's a different mentality when you're with other people. Yeah. And really, I can't even say I'm a traveler. People do that for years. Right. And I got just a couple months on it. So yeah. like, 
I don't even consider myself a traveler. I just did it once. Yeah. But I loved it enough to I wanted to do it until um, uh, we had a change in leadership at the local. And mm-hmm. the way it works is whoever's the leader picks the business agents. And yeah. That's how I became a business right. agent. He asked me, I think, running, being on the school board, running for office, yeah. got some attention yeah. to some people around the local. I, I didn't know. I'm just doing what I thought was right, wanted to be involved yeah. with the local union and in the community and got attention and they asked me to be a part of it. I was yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, cause that's uh, what I wanted to do. I exactly. mean, the whole reason I have what I have, I got so lucky. I mean, other than being a white male in the Midwest, you know, yeah, right. family had good jobs. I had health yep. insurance growing up. Like mm-hmm. dad was IBW on my, so like, yeah. I've never had a, Worry about health by any means. I right. mean, and hopefully, I, that's I, yeah, continues. Yes. Yeah, like I, the world's been given to me because of this organization. So, yeah. um, even though Dad would be laid off, you know, they were good enough with their money. They weren't mm. silly with it, like yeah. some people are. That you know, if you were laid off three months out of the time because construction or like the economy. Yeah, goes tits up like it does sometimes. I yep. mean, that's that is construction. You there is no study work. It's, right, it's really good at times, and then it all drops. Yeah, and then you just got to figure it out. Yeah, for decades. Yeah, and just prepare for it. Yeah, that's a little bit of a terrifying prospect, but it's something that I think you have to just be prepared for, and it's something yeah. that the unions help prepare you for overall. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think where where you've come from and where you're going maybe are. Uh, aligned in certain ways, but I'm curious if you have any solid plans for what's next because you're mm. recently married. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, insane wedding <laughs> in Los <Thanks>. Angeles. Just <laughs> like, holy crap, man. I came off, Cheryl and I had gone to her cousin's wedding in mm-hmm. Malaysia. Yeah, that's awesome. And it awesome. was bonkers, like crazy. I was like, what is going on? Like, is this normal? <laughs> and then I go straight into LA to yours and I'm just like, Round two, like yeah, it was it's Asian weddings. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe is, I but... think it is. Those guys party nonstop. Yes. I'll say that though. Yeah, um, we're there at her parents' house. Whenever we are there, it's a party for some reason. Yeah. I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, whatever. You're over. Why not? Yeah, yeah. We just invited everyone. I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> <laughs> but it was a blast, man. I, yeah, I appreciate, and it. I really appreciate being a part of that because no, happy to. Have um, you it was just so, uh, it was so cool to be a part of, a, you know, multicultural wedding. Like I've gotten the chance to film and photograph a lot of those mm-hmm. and it's just a blast all every time. Cause it's the, the fusion of two totally different, uh, yeah. cultures. I did an Indian Korean fusion wedding late oh. last year and it was fascinating. That sounds wild. Yeah. So they had a whole, uh, was it three days instead of seven? No. No, it was a single day kind of thing. Single day? Yeah, they were coming in from California, actually, because their family's Maryland-based, but they okay. were currently residing out in Cali. But they had a whole, I think it's called a barat, where they, the groom rides in on a horse. So I'm literally, no I'm kidding. in downtown Baltimore, and this guy is on a white stallion <laughs> on the sidewalks outside of the hotel. That I'm like, is so cool. What is going on? But <laughs> it was really it was really cool. So getting to experience that for a yeah. friend of mine, I was just like, man, this is sweet. No, so, we were happy to. First, we were like, oh, we want him to, uh, we want John to. Anyway, it was like, you know what? I think he just needs to be a part yeah. of it. I no, think. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've gotten the chance to do that a few times, but getting to be in the party, that's that's fun. <laughs> so, but that's new for you. And I think, you know, this um, this advocacy work is the second time up here in D.C. doing this. But mm-hmm. if you if you had to kind of look out 
what, uh, you know, maybe what's on the horizon if you have some ideas about where you want to take these next five years? <sighs> Man, really, uh, I would just... So there's always been, what in my mind, some deficiencies with the local, which is fine mm-hmm. because these are just construction workers trying their best. I mean... Um, I'm very fortunate to be this young and in this position. These yeah. guys that normally get it are 45, 50. Are you the youngest there in your? Very. Yeah. I think I'm the youngest in the history of our local. Oh, wow. To be in this spot. So, I mean. Need a little badge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll just make fun of me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, like, it. it's the, the tech being up to date, like, I mean, our website and probably till a few years ago looked like something we did when we were kids in the 90s. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. It's like how c- we build million-dollar, billion-dollar projects, but we can't have a website for some <laughs> reason, you know? And so it's like, all right, if we're going to play with the professionals, try to pr- we need to present ourselves as ones. Exactly. So, one, it's revamping. So we have pitch decks now, mm-hmm. um, revamping the web page. But really, for me, it's also politically, um, kind of as I was alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, we've always known for a while that our me- I mean, our membership is Democrat and Republican, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's perfectly fine. People have their own reasons to vote for, but it's the only problem it comes is when it hurts themselves. And are we messaging that wrong? I mean, are we not letting them know um, who they vote for is voting against them as far as their pension Um, Like I mentioned, the Bitch Lewis Act, uh, one Republican out of Pennsylvania uh, voted for it, but they were going to cut union pensions by 50%. Shit. But, you know, uh, they, uh, you know, we might have said something to them, but it didn't resonate. We didn't hound on it. We Mm -hmm. didn't let them know, you know, what really is going on. Mm -hmm. So... The main thing I w- would really love to do is to revamp a messaging campaign with mm-hmm. members and um, really invigorate with our youth. Our youth, uh, members used to be generational, kind of like I was. So yeah. it was instilled to me, vote for your paycheck. Um, we've kind of gotten sidetracked as a society recently over culture stuff. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's look over here, but they're doing this to you over here. Yeah. And so... Um, how do I divert that attention? How do I, you can care about that stuff. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, talk your loans out about it, advocate for it, mm-hmm. but don't vote against yourself. Right. Um, say vote your vote check and advocate for your beliefs. Yeah. That's what I say at every meeting that I go to. Say that one more time. I like that. Vote for your belief. What'd I say? Vote for, your- <laughs> <laughs> vote for your paycheck, but advocate for your beliefs. Gotcha. That's a good and one. And so, um, And I say that because, one, you have to support you, Mm -hmm. your family, and just, you know, we call each other brothers and sisters in the union. So support them and their families. Yeah. Um, That's really where we need to get going. But to the youth, they don't read papers. That's how we've done stuff. We've done, here's the labor paper. Yeah, it's not going to get, eyes aren't going to touch that. Yeah. You know, right? Recycle. Trash. Yeah. Like, ew. Yeah. So, you know, we're. As a person myself, I'm clickbait titles, headlines, you know, what is that? So now we have to get into that game. Right. Well, now that game gets a little weird because of political issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So like 
a union can message to its members all at once. Right. But if I have to get into the digital space, well, now I'm in the general public. Right. That becomes PAC money. Then that becomes a funding issue. So how do we revamp and how do we reframe the message to where you identify as a worker? Mm -hmm. Whether you're in construction or not, you know, are they looking out for you and your best interests in the future? Yeah. I mean, we may not give the most money, but we are the people. I mean, we are the nation. We are the one who votes. Mm-hmm. We are not a corporation but with more money than most countries. Yeah, I mean, right. like, it's asinine almost. little year-end bonus for the top. Yeah, top and I, I'm like, cool. Like, I'm, shit, I wish I was rich too. I, if I could do it, I would. But right. um, there's just got to be... I don't know. I, I, I just can't. It, I'm just lost sometimes on like how much they just don't care sometimes. Or they do, and it just gets lost halfway down. Right. I don't know. Right. I mean, there's there's so many variables at it. That's why it needs to be in law. Mm-hmm. And so how do we make sure those assurances are there, and how do we communicate to our members what's really going on? Yeah. So that's really the next five years project. Yeah. And, I mean... If I get, that, if I get that solved, then I don't know what to do because hey. that's all I really cared about. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you got your work cut out for you. I think you know, yeah. that, and that you're you're hitting it on the head. Though we're in such a mobile age, we're in a digital age, mm-hmm. and like I said, you know, my dad talks to me all the time about these ideas. He's on the sewer and water committee in Salem. Oh <laughs> yeah, and he wants to. <laughs> you know, he's he's an analytical guy, so mm-hmm. he's running number. He's he's the, uh, you know, what is your electric bill and how can you reduce it? And he's mm-hmm. got all these great ideas and he wants to put it in the paper. And I'm like, Dad, <laughs> you gotta find another avenue. You gotta, yep, it is you know, dying. You're speaking to your sixty plus audience at that point, mm-hmm. I would say. Maybe a little younger. But yeah. you know, I think uh you Even then. at your young yeah, but with your young voice, mm-hmm. with your foot maybe in kind of both worlds having the legacy of the union as part of your upbringing Mm -hmm. but also being a part of our generation where these cell phones have taken over the world you know yeah you kind of get it i Mm -hmm. think and that's such a valuable place to be especially where you're at in your position because you can look back and look forward and say look this is where we need to go if this is going to work yeah so but that's cool man that's a big that's a big uh project but i know if anybody's up to it you're you're the dude. I appreciate it, and it's a it's a challenge because you know you being the youngest, you also have the old the old folks who are like, well, that's not how we do it in the past. I was like, well, that's why we're here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. it, it's fine. I mean, it, it's sometimes I get too forceful. Or like, all right, this is what we got to do. Sure, but, you know, I don't, I don't do my due diligence. Just like, yeah, all right, that's how I came to the conclusion, so on and so forth. You right. know, but I'm like. All right, here we go. Yes or no? No. Check uh, it. Shit. Damn it. All right, well, there went nine months worth of work. Right. <laughs> so um, it, it's also learning how to work generationally, too. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they're also, those are members, but, I mean, I feel like the people that are in the 40s, they made up their mind. Yep. Uh, it's really got to talk to the new guys, mm-hmm. and I got to plan 10 years out from that. Yep. And then that's when you start to see some change. Yep. So um, that's kind of the goal. Um, but again, this position is an elected position, so I could be back in the field, which is fine. Yeah. With all the work coming, I'll be making more money anyways. Right. So. 
<laughs> not a bad thing. Not a yeah, bad thing. Yeah, so it's a... Uh, you do what you can while you're here. Yep. Um, this is not... This is absolutely not a forever position. Mm-hmm. So um, you just make the best of it in your time, and then when your time's done, your time's done, and you go back out, and you, you're an electrician again. Yep. That's... Uh, I think a lot of people... Um, can lose sight of that. They just get a full head of themselves, and but they lose sight. Sure. Um, I think a lot of the people we've had in our unit have been good about not doing that, but yeah. I can see that easily becoming yeah a problem. Um, but you're you're just you're just another worker. Yeah. You're just another person, another part of the cog. And you're just doing your best to make it best yeah. for everyone. Yeah. So that's the goal. There we go. Well, I appreciate your your voice on this topic. I mean, mm-hmm. I every time I sit down for one of these, my goal is to learn something, and I've learned from you here today. Even historically, <laughs> there are little tidbits here and there. And I, I, if we sit down and talk about this more, I'm sure that more details will come yeah. out um, because you're, uh, I think, a consummate professional in this space. And uh, <laughs> people who are unfamiliar with it need voices like yours to help inform them. So thank I you. Appreciate it. No, thank you. But uh, the wealth of self, I like to end on these questions, but it's about lessons learned. And mm-hmm. uh, you and I are only at 30, so it's kind of like, it's maybe hard <laughs> to look Whatever. back. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about where you're at in life and the the good and the bad and all, all the in-between, what, what mm-hmm. has wealth meant to you up to this point? Wealth, man, I don't even know if I even know that answer quite yet. Uh, Maybe not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would love a Dodge Viper and <laughs> cool house, and uh, I can go on vacation all the time I want. I mean, yeah, right. To me, you know, that's that's my wealth I want. Sure. But um, I would say I, I, I don't know if I'll even have that answer five years from now, ten sure. years from now. I, I mean— it's always growing, um, being with Jasmine and, you know, being happily married. It's like, you know, honestly, I could be fine wherever I'm at, honestly. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not too bad of a spot. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, I think that that's just it. It's just, I'm not trying to go too far. I'm not trying to go too below. I just want easy. Sure. If I can make it easy where I can put myself in a situation where I'm not, financially struggling sure people say money doesn't buy happiness but i think it's conducive sure absolutely i mean if i'm not stressed out about money which i have been for years Mm -hmm. up until recently i hated it yeah i mean they put a number i think it was i mean this is five six years ago at this point but it was 75 or 77 thousand u.s dollars Mm -hmm. was where people could stop like freaking out where yeah it was like am i okay (laughs) Like, is it going to make it? I mean, I think that's still, depending on where you're at in the country. It depends on where you're at. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, in Salem, Missouri, 77 is a great salary. Well, boy. You're three times over the average. (laughs) (laughs) Something (laughs) terrible like that. But I think, uh, yeah, the monetary aspect of being able to have that security in your life, Mm -hmm. to know that you're taken care of and the loved ones who are in your life are taken care of is so valuable. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I heard all the way through your story was just your advocacy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you want people who are like you and are the backbone of this nation to have a good life and to be secure and know that, you know, if something goes wrong or the world Mm -hmm. comes your way and it puts you on your butt for a minute. Yeah. Got your back. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be cheesy. Just do what you love. I mean, 
working on the in the construction field was not what I love. I mean, I don't like working out in the snow and the heat. But sure, I mean, this position is much more in tune to what I enjoy doing. Yeah, I work fifty to sixty hours, but I'm fine with it. You know, sure. Start at seven. Sometimes get home at eleven. You know, yeah, it's whatever. But I enjoy it. Um. But yeah, I would say just just to make life easy. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a wealth. That'd yeah. be wealth. I mean, it's not wealthy, but it's wealth. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Yep. Well said. We can all strive to do that. Take some of those elements that cause stress or anxiety and mm-hmm. try and navigate just, away. Just try from to navigate, or you know, put yeah. a plan forth. Yep. To see what happens, and you know, don't. Don't be too scared to not do something that you think something's not working. You got to change. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. don't just keep doing the same old. Yeah. And, and, and as a closing note, you, you made a mention before we started recording or maybe we were, I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, take a leap of faith. I mean, yeah. your, your, your run for office, mm-hmm. your decision to buy a home at such young age, Yeah, you know, your, uh, your decision to be a part of this IBEW lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of it took a little bit of a nudge, and it's like, hey, I'm going to do this, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, yeah, I mean, I was scared shitless of all of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, taking the position, I never had a professional role like this before. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess in a sense when I was elected school board, but also didn't know about school board as – you don't know until you get into it. Sure. But um like going out and speaking in front of people, um, they're asking me school policy questions. I was like <laughs> I'm gonna give you what I think is the right answer and you know, it worked out well, but it's it's whatever seems too scary that would hold you back, it's never as bad as it's gonna be. Yep. I promise that. Um the hardest part's just taking the first step. Yep. And then after that it's pretty smooth sailing. Yes, sir. There'll be a couple bumps, but keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wade, I appreciate your time. We're pretty late. You got an early flight. Yeah. So I we're realize. on our way to um, L.A. together. Yeah. And this is to celebrate another good friend. So mm-hmm. he's tying the knot here in May, and uh, we're doing rodeo round two here. So yeah, absolutely happy to be on the journey with you again. <laughs> but it's going to be a blast. Yeah. But Same here. I appreciate the time. Of course, no, thank you. and um, I, I'm just excited to share the, the message. And even though, as we said many times, you're early in the journey, mm-hmm. uh, there are people out there who are, are, you know, they need to hear that from you and about your, you know, experiences and especially your knowledge on the union. I think that's going to be immensely helpful for some people who are maybe like, you know, trying to toss around that idea mm-hmm. about what they would like to do. Yeah, and hopefully this informs them a little well, bit. I hope so. so. Just at least a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Absolutely. It's been great, and I uh, always love coming to D.C. to hang out with you, that's for sure. Heck yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth of Self podcast. The audio-only version of these stories can be found on nearly every major podcast streaming platform from Spotify to Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Your support as we grow this movement is immensely appreciated. You can help us out by leaving a rating, writing a short review, or even sharing it with a friend or a loved one who you feel would benefit from hearing these stories. Finally, 
If you're interested in seeing the video interview that accompanies these stories, head over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page for the full viewing experience. While you're there, don't forget to leave a like, subscribe or follow the channel, and share your thoughts in the comment section. For additional information on how to support The Wealth of Self, head over to www.wealthofself.com. Thank you so much for your viewership. We'll see you on the next one.